Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm, t- I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as... Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Elizabeth McConnell. Hello. How are you? Liz, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank it's you. It's very formal. I'm not sure why this is happening. <laughs> Liz, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? I usually say, hi, I'm Liz. Or if I've had a lot to drink, I'll say... Hi, Liz. <laughs> I'll say, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> And just skip the I'm Liz bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. are, there, are there many social situations where you need to introduce yourself? That's an excellent question. Um, probably not a great many. Mm-hmm. But occasionally if you're with a group of people and someone's brought a new person along. Sure, that'll happen. Then, yeah. I mean, that's usually when I say, who are you? I'm <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Let's have something. Uh in, uh, I mean, broadly, I, I'm lucky in that I know you outside mm. the realm of this podcast. So I don't mm. want to, I guess, reveal confidences or things that I know. I'm you know, happy for you to, to, to speak about them as much as anything. Um, with with the nature of your socialness, mm. your those kinds of things, you walk in some fairly broad and interesting circles. So I would expect that people... Um, and I don't mean this in a disingenuous way, but people know a different Liz from some circles to some circles. For example, yes. some people might know Liz the working person. Mm-hmm. Some people might know Liz the mum. Mm-hmm. Some people might know Liz the other things and, and that sort of stuff about who you are. Um, do many of those, like in a Venn diagram context, do many of those circles overlap? A few. Mm-hmm. So there are some really wonderful friendships that I've made um, which began at work. Yep. Um, and work. <laughs> and those particular people have become some of my very best friends. Mm-hmm. So they they know all of me. Mm-hmm. They know the full Liz experience. Full Liz. <laughs> they do. Um, but like you said, yeah, there are people that um, I know from mum's groups, mm. or from work, or from church, or. Um, uh, I know through Mick for some reason or other, you, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I guess as a... Mick, as is, a, Mick is your husband? Mick is my yeah. husband, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so possibly those groups of people wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily mix. Yeah, but there are those few people that, that are in everything. Cross over all the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you describe your experience of family? Loud. <laughs> I'm one of seven mm-hmm. children, um, so I'm number five. To it sounds be like exact. good country stock to me, Liz. Country stock, yes. Although we were all born in Liverpool, Sydney, of course, uh, and then moved to Glen Ennis. It was very loud. Just and oh god, my brothers and sisters. Um, my nickname was Foghorn. No, not you. Was. (laughs) Yes. Because I had to be heard. (laughs) And you couldn't hear me unless I shouted. (laughs) Well, fifth fifth down the line, right? You're entering when you 
you know, start to become a, a child and has to interact and, you know, fight for attention. Yeah. You know, air quotes. Um, when there's four ahead of you, yeah, it can get pretty brutal, can't yeah. it? Yep. And three big brothers who were very loud themselves and, and rough and, you know, mm. big, you know, boys. <laughs> Imagine how your younger siblings felt. <laughs> and my... Oldest sister was also very loud. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I got stuck with the nickname. <laughs> but I did. Um, so it's very loud. And my current experience of family is not a lot different. <laughs> Only two children, but they're both... Say, you don't have seven, though. No, I don't have seven children, but they are loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm loud. I'm still loud. So there's a lot of shouting in our house. Often nice shouting, but sometimes bad shouting. Fun shouting. Yeah. Bad shouting. <laughs> That that's always um, an, an interesting one. Uh, I, I find is is the transition between the good shouting and the bad shouting, mm. and sometimes how quickly that can transition. <laughs> yeah, if I don't get a response quickly, <laughs> quickly turns into bad shouting. Say, <laughs> so, Isaac, all I want you to do is answer me. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what, Mum? That's it. That's it? That's it. There's nothing else boring. No, look, I love them. They're great. Do you, are you close to your, your very large family, your side of things? Um, some and some not. Mm-hmm. And for no other reason than we're just different. Yep. Um, I love them all dearly and I love all their offspring dearly and their partners. Lovely. They've all made great choices in partners, mm-hmm. which is a lovely thing to be able to say. Um. I'm really crap at keeping in contact with people that I love. Mm. I just suck at it. Um, and they aren't much better. <laughs> so, so there are mum and dad um, and my two sisters I keep in pretty regular contact with. Yep. Um, but my brothers, not so much. There would be family events, though, that uh, yeah. Christmases or Easter's or things where yeah. everyone descends back to Glen Innes, I guess. Is that where family still is based? Mum and dad are still at Glen Innes. Yeah. Um, there's, a, I think there are three siblings now still in Glen Innes or back in Glen Innes for various reasons. Mm. Um, and But I think with the, the issue is that with so many children um, and so many partners – it's very difficult to get people together at the one time, including Christmas sure, time. Yeah. So we used to do a June long weekend. Well, there's at least seven competing families that That's play right. into that if you've yes. got, you know, everyone's That's got right. married and stuff. Um, so we used to do a June long weekend, where, mm. which was our weekend, and we would go away somewhere and do that. We haven't done it for about two years, so I think we need to get back onto that. Next year. Maybe they're waiting on you to contact them. Yeah, they could be. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we, how old were you when you moved from, from the city to the country? Oh, it was 88. Um, I would have been six. So old enough for it to be a, a significant change, but not one that was, my world is ending, all my friends are being left behind. Oh, I stuff. loved it. Mm-hmm. I, don't have a, I don't have a lot of memories of Sydney. I went to kindergarten... At Rosemary, well, what was it? Rose Meadow Primary School, something like I that. Know. I don't know, in Campbelltown somewhere. Um, and it was I was in, so I was in Year One when we moved, and I just loved it. I loved the country. Yeah. And we moved onto this beautiful little farm that we went, we were not farming. We were renting the farmhouse. Mm. Um, 
And I think that that very significant change of kind of Sydney's western suburbs, Sydney, yeah. to um, on a farm <laughs> instantly was really um, it was significant for me. I think. And just that I just loved it so very much. And then we moved out to Deep Porter and I loved that too. We were there for eight years. So it was mm. a little village of only 300 people. Yeah, it's not big, is it? No, it's tiny. Yeah. And then we moved back into town, into Glen Innes um, in 95. So, yeah, we're townies, but country townies. Yeah. <laughs> Glen Innes famous for being the retirement home of half the Leyland brothers. Yeah, that's right. I think they moved though, moved out again. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. Were they running a bed and breakfast or something? It was it was weird. Yeah, well, look, it, it, I, I remember, I'm sure like all kids uh, of my age, and, and you might be a little bit young for this, I don't mean that um, in, in a bad way, kids of the 70s, Australian TV, I think Sunday nights, that might have been Saturdays, Leyland Brothers, right? Mm. Music came on, everyone knew it, everyone was mm. watching, and this was revealing a country to us that not many had gotten to see at that point. Because buying a caravan was reasonably still a luxury item and packing mm. up kids and let's go to whoop whoop and see thing thing was not was not an easy thing. But I think it really prompted that. It really grew that whole scenario. And I remember watching recently an Australian story episode. Recently, it could have been three years ago. Um, but the story of the Leyland brothers post their TV career and how they set up north of Newcastle. They were going to build a big theme park um, and had built a scale model of Uluru uh, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. And it just just drained money uh, and, and killed both Mike and Mel's bank accounts and yes. there were some bad investments and all, all sorts of crazy stuff went down and apparently caused quite the ruction between the two. Because yes. on TV they were tight, right? Yes. But the relationship broke down, I think. Mm. Yes. And I, I don't, I think, I think in the Australian story it said that they're in contact, but they're not obviously as close as they were. Yeah. Uh, and that it was um, Mal, wasn't it? That had set it up was in Mal, cleanliness yeah. and Mike had gotten sick and I think yeah. died subsequently. Oh, okay. I think, mm. like from uh, lung cancer or something. I don't know. Okay. Welcome to the Leyland Brothers Hour. <laughs> the weird thing about it was I only ever went there once. They had like a little cafe sort mm. of thing as well. So you, you didn't have to stay. You could just go and have a meal. Um, and I went there one day and they've got a gallery because uh, yes. they they do a lot of photography and stuff as well. And, and You would have taken a ton of photos. Lorraine, and, yeah, yeah. Lorraine in her early early years was a model as well. She was the one that came out of the water and just a wet so T-shirt. Wasn't she just? I had some strange feelings so there's about that as a kid. those photographs of her oh, at that age. Gosh. In similar attire. <laughs> and that's what you see before time. you go into the cafe. <laughs> and then here she comes, serves you <laughs> at your table. And it's, it's just an elderly the woman with her nipples dragging world. on the ground. <laughs> just going, oh, did you see my boobs out the front? Welcome. Would you like a coffee? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, it was just weird. It was the 70s. It was a strange time, Liz. <laughs> Wasn't the 70s when I was going there. <laughs> no, no, I mean when the photos when were the taken. Photo, I understand that. And just the sheer... The sheer concept of, of two families, like brothers with their wives and their kids that, mm. and it wasn't sort of just, you know, they growing up, they're young kids a lot yeah, of the time, mm. traveling around Australia in these dicky caravans and dodgy four <laughs> drives. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Liz, in a crisis or an argument, are you fight or flight? 
usually flight. Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, it depends. Sure. <laughs> uh, depends On who the fight's with, or who the fight's with. Yep. What the fight's about. Um, and so the crisis, I guess, if the crisis, who it's with, what it's about. If it's about my children, it's a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's about taking someone's liberty away from them, I'll probably fight as well. Mm-hmm. But if it's anything else, I'll probably just run away. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I'm not big on conflict. The yeah. defen- the defensive instinct, instinct sorry, um, is something. Is that something you've always had, whether it's around social justice or obviously when you're kids, they haven't always been around? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, I don't know. I think that might have developed over time mm. and I think that's probably more of an adult thing. I was, um, I guess as a child, I was pretty sensitive to other people's needs of, mm. around me, I mean. So um, at school there was a few people who were kind of outcast mm-hmm. and so I, I and I kind of was the bridge in between them and the popular kids uh, sure. like out of a school of 60 like it's not big yeah pond. everybody knows everybody's <laughs> name yeah, yeah. Um, but you know like I I remember being the one that would go and go over and talk to them like I could have chosen to stay in the other group and have lunch with them but I saw these people alone and mm-hmm. went and sat with them. So that, there's that kind of stuff I get, that I remember as a child and then I think I didn't really think about it as a teenager and stuff and then grew up and it's kind of become a bit more important to me as people try to tell me I can't do things. <laughs> I'm like, don't you tell me that. Do you, do, you face, do you face that opposition often? I mean, it's 2016, you're, what, early 30s, obviously a lady. Obviously. Um, well, I say obviously in that... Well, I'm making an assertion. You've identified as a woman. Um, how politically correct was that? <laughs> but no, in in that you know, in in either your work life or just life or, or you know, yeah, other things. Do you do you still find? And I'm not saying that you don't, but do you find uh, difficulty in being a lady in any of those concept concept contexts? There's always conversations that mm-hmm. I had. That, and it'd be with different people in my life mm. who just believe that things should be done a particular way, mm-hmm. um, and I don't do them that way. So, um, and those people, at least one of them is close in my family life, um, and other than that, I work for an organization that. Um, the people that I work with are fine. Mm. The people don't hold those views, but the organisation at a hierarchical level probably yes. does. Yeah, so I get a bit on my feminist high horse bit sometimes. <laughs> but you, uh, to, to, to the same end though, you're also not um, trying to smash through that glass ceiling. Like you're... In in the in your work context, oh, you acknowledge no. that it exists and you're there mm. fighting the fight, but you're not trying to smash through no. it. Um, but there are other areas of your life where you would be facing those kinds of oppositions. I'm mm. sure. Yes. <laughs> no, um, I haven't. I haven't so much. Yes, yet I'm anticipating mm. the that it will eventually happen with what I'm doing, and so. Yeah. Um, 
just kind of trying to surround myself with men and women who inspire me and um, are going to be there to help me yeah. out when I need it because I will eventually. Sure. And, and I think we all do, right? Mm. At, at different times in our lives, we, we need to lean on those kinds of people, mm. not just friends, but, but in uh, intelligent, intentional Mm. leaders and mentors and those kinds of things. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I've got some good ones. I like them. You got it? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> good. Mm. Share them later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what prompted you to leave the country, move to the big city? I did it in stages. So what, I... What, your legs went first and then your <laughs> torso later? <laughs> Well, um, Liz's head was the real holdout in the move. <laughs> so I was six on a country farm, uh, seven to fifteen in a in a village of three hundred. Yep. Um, a fifteen to twenty one in a in a town of six thousand. Mm. Then uh, into a bigger town of a hundred thousand. Mm. So that was Armadale. So I was yep. there for a couple of years, and then I moved to Toowoomba for a couple of years. So, so you know, getting a little bit bigger, a little Just bit progressing. bigger. Just progressing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to ease Take ourselves it in baby into steps. it. <laughs> um, and then my husband and I got married and we went overseas for a year. And so then the decision, the conversation was when we go back, where do we go? Where do we live? Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to go to Sydney. I did not. And this was the compromise <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane, yeah. Australia's um, country town capital. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So it was got the city stuff, still not mega rat race. Mm. Um, yes, and it, and I think it's worked for us. I'm I'm really happy here, and I will I will not ever go back to live in Glen Ennis specifically. Yep. Um, I could see myself living in Armadale again or somewhere sure. like that, but um, not Glen Ennis. Um, and there are lots and lots of reasons for that now. Mm. Yeah. But um, I'm really happy here. I love it. Yeah. Mm. You you don't have... I know that, that some people, I won't say romanticise, but moving to the city from the country mm. um, have a sense of the walls closing in because mm. of the, the space and the freedom that can mm. come from living out in the country. Mm. You don't get that in the city without a big price tag. Yeah, yeah. I I used to feel that um, before we, after I had my son and before we moved to Kapalabar, mm-hmm. we were living in a unit in Indrapilly and it, it, literally every time I came home from Glen Innes, I'd walk into my unit and have that exact feeling of claustrophobia. The walls just felt like they were coming in mm-hmm. and I was, I was just so miserable at that particular point. Um and that's when so when we were looking for a house to buy to mm-hmm. be our family home um yeah we we went a bit further out to get some room and just yep. you know can breathe Australian dream yeah <laughs> yeah that's right. five it's marble it's everything <laughs> that's right and that you could open the door and be outside mm-hmm. it was um to take Isaac he was 18 months when we moved if he wanted to go outside, we had to pack a bag. We had to, you know, go mm. on a trip down yep. the road to get the park <laughs> so yep. that he could have a run around. Um, and now we can open the open the back door and 
Get out! <laughs> but as it turns out, they don't really use it very much. Stop fighting with your sister. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that kind of backfired on us a bit. <laughs> but I can go outside. Sure. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to go outside yeah. and you can stay inside. Suck it. <laughs> and that's not going to work as reverse psychology at all. <laughs> the best thing, if I want them to, to go out and jump on the trampoline or something, is to go out and jump on the trampoline and they will be there within two seconds. Because somebody else is already there. And oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's out there. I and mum, mum's already there. Yeah, yeah, Importantly, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. We can get mum's attention because we're going to jump on the trampoline. Because mum's yeah, on I'm the like, trampoline. Go away. It's my turn. <laughs> Stop it. I was having a jump. Mick, Isaac's pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you passionate about, Elizabeth? A lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about... Well, you know, I'm very passionate about um, my faith. Mm-hmm. It's a very big part of my life and I'm passionate about learning about it. Yeah. I love it so much. It's fantastic. Um, I'm passionate about my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's been an, it's been an interesting year for us around the fa- our immediate family stuff with some challenges that we've had and it's been interesting to for me to feel those feelings Mm -hmm. so um yeah they're the two big things i think in my life at the moment um my study and and my family i love my work too i have um i think the luster is coming off my work but not because only because it's being outshined by other things (laughs) not because i don't love it as much as I used to. I've been there for nine years and I'm just now, I'm going on a new, in a new direction. So it's mm. still there and uh, my team is still wonderful and, um, yeah, I still love all the things I used to love about it but it's just being outshined by some other things now. Mm. Yeah. The the other things that are outshining it, this is, I'm assuming, your study. Yes. Um, what What prompted the desire to get into that? Oh, I've loved it forever. What well, the um, idea of learning Latin? I don't learn Latin. I've, I've what are we up to? Greek. Greek. Right. <laughs> I just, I just um, was introduced to the Greek alphabet on Thursday night. Oh, good. I've got half of it down. I'm all good. How many letters in the Greek al- alphabet? Uh, I think like twenty-three, something like that. Yep. There's no H. There's no G. Yeah. They got two extra vowels. Great. It's pretty good. I before, except after. Oh, do you know what the best? Letter mm. in the Greek alphabet is. Please enlighten me. <laughs> it's xi, spelled X I. It's the X, but it's the, you know, if you say fox, it's mm. the x. It's the x sound. Yeah, and you see, so you're gonna say xi is the how you pronounce the letter. I love it. How great's that? They're just making stuff up. <laughs> it was around two thousand years ago. And this is modern Greek too. No, isn't it's it? not. It's Koine Greek. It, but isn't that referred to as modern Greek in the grand oh, understanding of language? I this is my limited understanding of it. I don't know. Okay. I know it's Koine Greek. It's biblical Greek. That's all I know. That's, okay. So what's the point of, of learning Greek, air quotes, um, as far as, you know, the, the context the of the study? Yeah. Um, like, because all of the books that you can read, they're all in English. They are. They are in English. Um and you will notice that there are many translations in English. Of the Bible, of yeah. The yeah. Bible. So um, the point of studying Greek is to 
have an understanding for yourself about the structure of the passage, mm-hmm. the syntax of the words and how they overlap with the English words because they're never an exact match. Um, so then – and, I mean, we've got this beautiful – so we didn't have a – we didn't have a – book a textbook for this subject we had software so we've bought welcome um, to the internet my friends it's wonderful um it's called accordance of course it is yeah concordance accordance yeah, yeah. yeah. um and it's fantastic so it's got so it's got your, your greek and your hebrew mm. and lots and lots of english translations it's got dictionaries and yep. all sorts of things so we as students in this particular introduction to the languages don't have to learn a great deal we have to learn the um we have to learn the alphabet and a few words um but the rest of it is about learning how to understand what's in accordance Mm -hmm. so um learning how does this word work in this sentence yep so that when you're reading it you can say actually or if you get three different translations and you look at, at, at the passage side by side, you can say, well, I, I probably am leaning towards this translation mm-hmm. rather than the other translation. And you know why then in your own mind. As in how you're and understanding what it, uh, is not only written but the intent of what's yes, written. Yes, that's right, the intent of it. And I just love it. <laughs> yeah. And especially with my background as well. So um, it was a very specific translation with a very specific agenda. Um, so... Basically, full of crap. <laughs> Putting it nicely. Um, your, your background, particularly in relation to my background, what is your background? Well, it, got, it put those pieces together okay. for me. So, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Mm, it's good, eh? Yeah, yeah. That's a real spin on things. <laughs> Look, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I say it was good. My experience of it is that it gave me a very good grounding um, personally yep. as, a per, as a human. Um, however, it's misguided. There are, I'm sure, lots of people listening just shaking their head vigorously <laughs> that are not people of faith and just go, yeah, um, and let alone those that are. Yeah. It, it's... Look, it's always an interesting thing for me. I, do you mind if I ask you some questions go about for it? it? Go for it. Um, in uh, are any of your family still Jehovah Witnesses? No, very lucky. They're, everyone's out. Did everybody leave at the same time, or was it a conscious? Gradually, yeah. gradually, yeah, yeah. For you, was that a choice of you, or just the family? Were, like you were young no. still, and it happened. No, no. Um, my father and mother uh, left. My father was an elder. Mm-hmm. In our That's pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like I talk about it as though it just it happened, and it and it wasn't um, distra- it wasn't not distressful to me. It really was. But when you think about it from my parents' perspective, how much more distressful it was for them. Mm. Um, so they they stopped going and dad was always very much if you want to keep going he drove me to meetings and he drove me um yep. so that i could go and do witnessing every saturday morning and things like that so he was he remained supportive of us if that's what we chose to continue to do and i think i stayed for at least a year maybe more mm. 
um, after he and mum stopped going. Um, and then we and and during that time, I had had many many conversations with my dad, mm. and um, continued to go to meetings and. So I was getting kind of both sides yeah. by that stage and doing my own soul searching and things and uh, made the choice at 17 to stop going. So I could see that there was some very serious um, things wow. wrong with it. Yeah. Um, and so I made the decision at 17 to stop. And I think I was just very lucky that my faith was not destroyed in the process. Mm. And I know that I can speak for a lot of the members of my family that that is not the case yeah. for them. Their faith was just ruined. Um, so I think that as a whole, they have a lot to answer for. Um, and it is just a, it's just, I don't know, horrible. Do Do you know the reasons why your parents chose to leave in the first instance? Yeah. <sighs> I know some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, although I know what the catalyst was, mm-hmm. um, was my brother's wedding, actually. So, oh, really? my second brother, so number three sibling, um, was disfellowshipped at one stage. So I think he was about 17 or 18 when he was disfellowshipped. And what does disfellowship mean? Disfellowshipped means um, basically the same as excommunicated. It okay, cut Catholic off. Church. He's a cut yeah. off. Um, and it means, as a member of his family, you you aren't you are not to talk to that person anymore. And I was absolutely devastated when that happened. I just couldn't um, wrap my mind around it, around the consequences of it. Sure. His, this is going to sound so stupid. His eternal soul, like that, was mm. basically as a, well, we were still living in deep water, so fourteen or fifteen year old, um, who was just like I. I do not understand how you could possibly have done, you know, and by done, I mean, he was like smoking and drinking. It wasn't like a big deal. Yeah. But those are the crimes. In the context of the GW understanding. Yeah. 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 So those are the crimes, you know, Um, for a 17 year old, that's not, you know, out of context for a 17 year old. But um, anyway, the point is that happened. Yeah. He, at, one point then decided he wanted to come back mm-hmm. and he had um, a lovely girlfriend and she, I believe this is the story and I could be mistaken in this particular part of it. Um, my understanding is that they were living together and she moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that she attended meetings with him quite regularly They and supported him um, to come back mm-hmm. and she did everything she could to help him come back and, they, and he was reinstated um, and they got married. But because she was not a witness at that stage, right. they were not able to be married in the hall. Yep. So it was church. Where it was a park wedding. Yeah, yeah. King Hall. Um, so it was a park wedding with a civil celebrant because none of the elders were allowed to do it. Wow, yep. Um, and we went. But how dare we go? Right. Because he's So not your mum and dad would have copped a bunch of heat about that, even though he been reinstated into the church and that was all cool he's marrying someone that isn't a believer uh-huh. well not even isn't a believer um just not she you know she was she was doing everything with jeremy as as they were as he was coming back so it's not even it's not even that it's just she wasn't official 
Yeah. You know, and hadn't been dunked or flicked or written yeah. or whatever the yeah. Yeah, and so it's that, and and it's it's the reaction that that gets, and how people are then treated. Mm. Um. So my my dad was told, um, we don't give our children to the Canaanites. That was the reference that was wow. used. He was like, ah, oh, that, that's four thousand years old, dude. Yeah, it's in the Old Testament, kids. Yeah, look it up. like um. And not not appropriate to this situation, actually. But yeah, no context of what that's about is not what that's about. No, that's right. Um, and and that that just seems to be um, the go to thing for the witnesses is taking little little bits of scripture mm. completely out of context, yeah. mixing them with another piece of scripture also taken out of context, and here we go. We've got a law. Um, so Gosh. it's. It's bad. <laughs> it's a bad thing. So how and 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 uh, you enter this as you see fit. As someone who has maintained their faith, mm. however transitioned air quotes to to a Christian, a Protestant Christian faith. How there's some there's enough closeness that people who aren't of faith look at J-dubs and Christians, mm. Anglicans, mm. United Church people, whatever, Baptists, in the same broad brushstroke. Yeah. But there's enough significant difference in that Protestant Christians and Catholic Christians look at the Jehovah's Witnesses and the, the Mormons mm. as people who are not in that, not in that club mm. because they've got some fairly significant differences between what mainstream Christianity says mm. and believes and then what Jehovah's Witness brand of Christianity says. Mm. Like how, how has that, how did that transition work for you? Um, so like I said, I had a year and a half of figuring it out and deciding whether or not to stay or leave. Mm. Um, and very soon after that, my sister and I decided to attend um, the Anglican youth group in, in the town. In town, yeah. Um, and and I think it it was the fact that we were able. There was another thing for us. We weren't left cold and yep. in the dark. You know, sure. it, it it was a very. It's a difficult time being a seventeen year old. Anyway, you, mm. you know, like a te- teenage. And I was a, a late. You know, like I was a, a an innocent seventeen year old. I guess mm-hmm. um, so. And and the Jehovah's Witness community, wherever it exists, mm. is pretty tight. Mm. So if you're in that club, mm. things are pretty good. Mm. But if you've just bugged out, yeah, then there's going to well, I, the friendship circles gone. Well, I, and and the thing for me is that I I didn't really have a friendship cir- circle there anymore mm. um, because one of the reasons that I left was because I saw the massive hypocrisy between uh, how I was living my life and how the other kids mm. elders kids in we're the congregation were not doing the same thing yeah, yeah. and no consequences and i was like wow like this is just not this is not on guys mm. um so that was one of the big things for me personally sure. um anyway so we went to the anglican youth group and i think it was just the fact that um we managed to fall into uh, another faith-based place that was caring um, and had someone sensible leading. Yeah. Um, and we met other kids who 
we're all we're now involved in the Anglican Church and um, and I think it was just good for us yeah. and it, it kind it kind of caught us and it held us um, and just meant that we didn't fall apart completely. Sure. And it didn't mean that um, I was I was didn't then identify as Anglican for many years afterwards. So it was that an immediate. Uh, response and being held um, there and then that ran its course and it did what it was supposed to do yeah um, and then eventually you know you're too old for youth group now <laughs> so <laughs> um, but then I did my the things that most people do in their late teens I did in my early 20s yeah so it was a couple of years behind everyone else so that's when I um, I didn't go to church so much and I and I wasn't terribly concerned I became quite egocentric and things like that, yep. you know, as you, as you do. And you explore new things and do new things and it was fun and I had a great time and then I snapped out of it. But you ultimately decided that, that this faith thing was for you and that you wanted to reconnect with that because I, I, I appreciate having a, not an entirely similar background, but growing up um, in a, a home that was about going to church and being a part of faith and those sorts of things that... Um, you either were with it or you weren't. Mm. And if you're with it, it was a reasonably straightforward kind of road to follow. But yeah, you didn't, you know, run out and do drugs or do what you know, you didn't do crazy things that maybe some other kids that you saw at school or whatever were doing. Mm. Um and at some point there's a natural part of our growth that I think we want to explore the things that may have been illicit or may have been Yeah. Doesn't doesn't make it right, but it's yeah, we, yeah. we we want to understand. But you're going to explore. You're going to see. Well, what is it about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the end result of that is you either go, well, I've found my life and my niche, and this is me doing these things, whatever they yes. are, um, or I've determined that no, I want to do some more about this faith thing, and I want to understand yeah. and engage and connect with that. Yeah. And I don't mean these other things by being that's all the bad things. Just that no, that's no. a place of where there's maybe it's... not connecting in the same intentional way with faith. Yeah, and and I think um, I think it was good for me mm-hmm. to have those couple of years where I did things that I would never ever have done um, if I was still a witness. I would never have had those experiences. But how can I be where I am now um, without without them? I I don't know that I could. That you know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot to be said for bit for allowing um, children to be able to explore those things mm. and and hopefully in a, in an environment that where well they know that they if they do end up in trouble that they can come to you yeah that it's there's some safety still there yeah for them um and i i wasn't living at home when <laughs> when i did all my stuff um so my parents didn't have to worry at night <laughs> Um, yep. They might have been worrying at night. <laughs> Who knows? But they weren't waiting for me to come home or sure. anything like that. <laughs> so I, I kind of, um, I, I, I kind of pat myself on the back a bit for having the restraint while I was at home <laughs> and, and waiting until I was in my twenties to do it. <laughs> look, I think when you get to seven kids, if the fifth is doing something crazy, <laughs> you just go look. When she comes, we'll work it out. It's fine as long as we don't get a call from the cops or the hospital. It's all good. 
Yeah. Um, I was not the one that they were worrying about. <laughs> That's what I mean. Right? With that many kids, it's, it really I becomes like a, it becomes like an amber to red alert yeah. kind of scenario. And if we're just on green to amber, Liz is fine. Yeah. I was green most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. That's 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 pretty huge, Liz. As far as a you know the the coming out of a, a Jehovah's Witness scenario, in in part by choice, because um, there's lots there's lots of talk within um, traditional air quotes Christian circles about you know when the J Dubs come knocking, talk to them about this and and trying to yeah, encourage them to to see that de witnessing. Yeah, 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 that yeah. that that. that in a Christian faith context, that some of the things that they believe just are not... Just are not right, mate. Not yeah. the faith thing. Not yeah. not what they're being told is the faith. Yeah. But growing up, growing up a witness, why would you question it? You don't. You, know? you absolutely This is how do not. it is. You do not question it. Um, and the way they that they're structured is just so wonderful. They've done such a good job at that. Mm. <laughs> like their, their brainwashing <laughs> manipulation techniques are down pat. Yeah. And they just they explain everything. They've got all the answers. And, and, and if we, people might not like this this allegory, but I'll go with it. <laughs> if we if we placed at zero Christian faith, and we placed at a hundred um, David Koresh Waco cultish stuff, God, yes, right, <laughs> contextually, <laughs> okay, like in 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 that kind of scale from a from a J Dub point of view, we're really only talking about the twenty to twenty five. Yeah, scale, yeah. context, yeah. right? It's not we're not going to drink the Kool Aid and, and stuff no. will happen, but we are away from what traditional faith talks about as understanding yeah. of who Jesus was and those kinds of things. Um, there would be a lot of ex witnesses who would challenge that. Mm. R- really, uh, and that's uh, me having no experience. Yeah. So yeah, I, I um, put it there. I my experience of it is about that, mm. um, but I've been on like there's some secret J Dub. Um, things on Secret Facebook. Secret message books and grew. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good stuff. Um, <laughs> where other people's experiences have been completely destructive. Oh, I'm sure. Self-destructive, destructive of other people. The same could be said about the Christian faith, though. Let's yeah, be yeah, that's, frank. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. However, um, in those other circumstances, there's other people you can talk to. Mm. In the witness circumstance, there's no one else. Gosh. There just is no, there's just no one. So if you're the one doubting, if you're the one um, having difficulty with your mental health, with yeah. your sexuality, with whatever it is, oh God, you'd be stuffed. You are completely stuffed. It's just your faith is not strong enough. You need you've got to work on you. And that's the only answer. And if you if you you, you become shunned without mm. the officialness of it. So yeah, Gosh. there there are a lot of people who would um, put them a lot higher than the twenty mark. <laughs> um, thank you for for sharing all of that. I don't know how um, difficult or private any of it was. You seem very comfortable in, in talking about it. Thank you. Um, but no, no, that's that's really that, that, that's some big stuff there, dude. Mm. Wow. So. To change gears, yeah. Um, what reality TV show would you love to star in? Because girlfriend, after that story, you could star in your own. <laughs> I'm not really a big reality TV <gasps> fan. Really at all? Yeah, no. I like my period drama. Yeah. 
like. Give me a period drama to star in. I'll be in that. Sure. So we're talking Downton uh, Abbey. Yep. Versailles. Or, oh, I don't think I've seen Versailles. But um, like Pride and Prejudice. Yep. Pride and Prejudice Darcy. and Zombies. I love it. Really? Oh, my God. Such a good movie. I, I love it. I saw the trailer for that. I went, that is just insanity. It is fantastic. Definitely watch it. Oh, my gosh. I have love access it. to see it. I will check it out. But only because oh, you said so, Liz. So good. Um, yeah. I want to be... I want to be Elizabeth in uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Not even traditional Pride and Prejudice, just the one that has zombies in it. Yeah, no, the traditional one too. The problem is though with the period stuff Mm. is there's just so much inequality and I hate that. So I'd have to be the rich white girl. Yeah, yeah. And I I just don't, that just is, I'm a bit like doesn't sit with me really well. I am like the middle class white girl in in reality. And even that's a struggle sometimes. <laughs> is this why you dig Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Because those girls are ass kickers. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> right. Good talk. Um, that's that's a little bit surprising. I love it. You have to check out Versailles. It is, yes, I will. Um, so Louis XIV. Uh, it's currently on SBS on Thursday nights, but the episodes you've missed are on SBS On Demand. Oh, great. Uh, and it's like filmed on location in the palace. Yeah, like awesome. everyone with all the frills and all the things. Yeah, um, I've I've sort of pitched it as Game of Thrones esque. It's very lots of people dying. Some yeah, yeah, right. Moody, Rudy things. Yeah, um, as was the time. Yes, um, and but especially the whole, in France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, the whole premise was um, Louis wanting to turn his father's former hunting lodge into this grand home of Paris. Yes. Uh, sorry, grand home of France. Yeah. Um, so it's about the construction of the palace and oh, all of the nice. crazy stuff that went yeah, on yeah, and yeah. His, the opposition he faced and those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, you dig it. Yeah. I do like the... Outlander too. I love Outlander. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, and I hear lots of people. I know yeah. it's divisive. I know Outlander is divisive, but I love the story. It's and... very sexy time. Yeah, it is a bit sexy time. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Nick hates it. He doesn't like it. He won't watch it with me. I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> so I'm just going to nudge him in the good bits. <laughs> Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nudge him in the good bits. Sounds like my sex life. Just nudge him in the good bits. Liz, do you have any ink? Yes. You can see it right now. That's a great visual response yes. on an auditory-only <laughs> podcast. Uh, yes, I do. I have three tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, one on my arm, which is the one that Steve can currently see. Yes. Um, and I have two on my back. Mm-hmm. And please let them be tramp stamps, please. One is. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, tattoo regret is my favourite thing of all time. Uh, well, the only reason I don't regret them, the only thing I regret is the fact that it's called a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they? If I can ask, what the, okay. What well, the three my are. very first one is kind of on the middle of, on the you know halfway down on mm. the side of my back, and it's a gecko. Sure. Which used to be really lovely and colourful and now it's just kind of like... Faded. Yeah. Looks <laughs> like my grandpa's tats. <laughs> reason reason for Gecko was... Uh, wanted one, wanted a tattoo there and that was the cutest thing on the wall. Cool. At the time, problem <laughs> solved. The next two? Um, the next one was my armband mm-hmm. um, and I went with a Celtic knotwork. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I, well, I'm of Celtic origin and I liked it and I wanted an armband. Sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, my ink doesn't really have great deal of significance. Well, look, you could People build a to... way bigger story into that I know, one, I know. I need to make one up, but it's been, God, 
long time. Just retcon your backstory of that tattoo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the third one probably has the most amount of significance, which is the tramp stamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's also Celtic knotwork and it is a triangle thingy me that I got on a necklace at the Celtic Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of became a bit of a lucky charm for me and I used to wear it all the time. And it says no entry in Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you hear the bit where I said it was Celtic knotwork? Yes. Um, and so we just photocopied it and blew it up. Oh, nice! And and that's and make I, this on my back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about. I wanted it on my wrist, and we talked about that, but it was too intricate and would have bled. And I was going to say, and there was talk of you bleeding out. And <laughs> no, no, the ink would have bled. <laughs> you know, oh, in the yep. skin. <laughs> um. So yeah, we decided. Mm-hmm. We, the tattooist, and me. And that was the most painful one. Oh, it was horrible. But I've recently... Did Mick tell you? No, what? I've recently been thinking about getting another You're one. You're eyeing off a fourth. <laughs> and he's like, no, don't Gateway do Gateway drug. No, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't like it. doesn't like the idea of it. What's, so I've what been what are we talking about? about it. Well, a, a cross. What <laughs> a cross tattooed. Um, Just a big one on your back. Yeah, the whole yeah. back. <laughs> This big intricate cross. <laughs> yeah. Well, you go on Pinterest and oh, I can and look imagine. up cross tattoos. Jeez, there's some awesome ones. Oh, I'd imagine. Um, no, I want a little one, a little one, and like maybe on the inside of my wrist again, but yeah. slightly a bit further down, and like in white ink or something. So it's not okay. overly super obvious, but enough obvious. That. But and the reason for it to be on my wrist or somewhere on my lower part of my arms is so that I can see it. Yep. So it would be, it would be like, I mean, they're all for me. They're not for anybody else. But um, this would be less about other people seeing yep. and more about me being able to see it um, sort of as I go through my day. Sure. So I wear a cross around my neck mm. every day. Um, but I don't see it unless I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, anyway. I'm thinking out loud about that at the moment. Mix like, don't do it. <laughs> I would just, I think you'll regret it. <laughs> In that voice. So good. Ah, oh, I love Mix so much. Um, Liz, what are you going to achieve in the next twelve months? Lots of study. Lots of study. Lots of Moving study. Moving into Hebrew, changing gears. Uh, did Hebrew? Finished Hebrew. Good. Well, intro to. I don't know the language. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can sing you the alphabet, but I'm not going to. No. Um, I'm going to be studying three subjects a semester. Mm. I'll be working. I'll be moving, hopefully, fingers crossed, into the college. Okay, yeah. Um, so that... That's a big move. Study becomes much easier. It is a big move. It's going to be freaking fantastic. Big move for the rest of your family too. Yeah, they're all going to love it. <laughs> Says Liz, who <laughs> is forcing her family to move into the college with her. Um, <laughs> From a convenience point of view, for right, you and if, your husband, it's going to be amazing at, for work. Yeah, if you're taking just purely commuting to work, yeah, we are on a winner. Swim across the river and you're done. Yeah. It's three and a half kilometres from um, Milton to Where you work, work, yeah. Um, it bloody takes a long time to walk because it's hilly and there's lots of traffic lights in between. So it takes like an hour to walk three and a half kilometres, which is really mm. sucky. But anyway, you get a hop, hop on a bike. From work to the college, though, it's all downhill, which is great. Going oh, to it's work, not. Rubbish. You're going the wrong way if you're not going all downhill. <laughs> Apart from the bridge hump bit. Yeah, no, there's a couple of hills. No, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, um, 
you walk it with me one day. <laughs> I'll meet you at the end, sister. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so is that um, the school's 10 minutes away? Yep. My lectures are either there or at Trinity, which is just the next suburb up. Yep. Um, the library is not open 24 hours, but I can access it 24 hours. Um, because you're a resident, because, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, just the, like the only negatives that I ever come up with is that it's the unit is of an age. Mm. Um, so what? Don't care. Um, but to do what I've got to do, start formation next year. So I've got to be around mm. um, for chapel and morning prayer and things like that. So um, it's the it's the smartest way to do it. It's the smartest way to do it. If I was still at Capalaba next year, formation will be really hard. Yeah, yeah, really hard. Dude, that's huge. Mm, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I can tell. <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm trying to kind of um, not live in the future too much mm-hmm. because I still have the rest of this year to go mm-hmm. and um, I know that next year when it's all happening, yep. I'm not going to be excited. I'm going to be stressed. <laughs> this could also mean it's it's the last time you live in the home you're moving out of. Yes, it probably will be. Yeah. So um, I'm lucky in that I'm not really emotionally attached to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it is our first home, um, but yeah, it, it's been pain in the butt. Just becomes an asset, right? Yeah, deal with renting and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like we'll as in having figure renters. Out, figure in out your what house. we're doing with it. Yeah, we haven't yeah. even decided what we're doing with it yet. But Crazy we'll, town. We'll come around. We've got a couple of months. <laughs> heaps, heaps of time. Heaps of time. Hey, Liz. Yes. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know that the things that you said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Steve. This, I, we, I think we've barely scratched the surface on the Liz story. We need to have a round two. Yeah. Look. In a year's time when we find out how <laughs> living at college has gone. If we do one while we're drinking. Gosh. <laughs> There'll be a different Liz completely. <laughs> humans are Twitter up late and after dark. That could be very There'll be dangerous. a lot more swearing. There'll be a lot more everything. <laughs> Um, Liz, you are a person that occasionally tweets. Are there? Oh, very occasionally. Are there other social accounts that you would want people to know about? Um, probably only Instagram mm. is one that I have a slightly different skew on than Facebook. Facebook, I only add people who I've actually met in mm-hmm. the flesh. Um, Instagram is, yeah, probably the other one. Yeah, whoever wants to jump in and see the pictures and things. Yeah. yeah. They're usually just my family or mm. me or... Stuff. Flowers. <laughs> flowers. <laughs> Flowers in my family. <laughs> a broad mix. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's because I suck. <laughs> no, gosh, no. Look, I, I, I do want to encourage you to write a Twitter bio because you don't okay, have good. one. Okay, good. I don't have one because I'm so scared of Twitter. <laughs> or I was when I set it up. I was like, no, just lock it all down. And then people are like, we can't find you. Yep. And I'm like, oh, sorry. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we'll talk about that offline. Okay, good. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at LZ06, that's I double L Z I E 06, is indeed human. Thanks. <laughs>